Dynasty Podcast presents Dynasty Panelcasts, a live panel discussion with industry experts and innovative creatives. Hosted by Haima Black. No RSVP required. All right. Thank you guys all for coming tonight. My name is Haima Black. I am the host of Dynasty Podcasts. Uh, we are the first ever and longest running music podcast in Chicago history. And thank you to Mosaic uh, for letting us host this event here and Emily here in the front for making this happen. Let's give it up for them. So we have a really, really awesome lineup here tonight, and I'm very excited about it. Um, to my right, I'm going to do very brief introductions and let everybody speak about themselves and their experience. So to my right, we have Allie Six. Let's give it up. Uh, Michael Salisbury. Keith Stone Smith, a.k.a. Afrokilla. And Elizabeth uh, Mar Mar Margulis? Margulis. Margulis. I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. Um, from Big Hair, Big City. Yeah. So I know I did the lightest of introductions, but and you don't have to go in order, but if you guys want to go down the line and just talk about like who you are and what kind of work you do, that'd be great. I do art. Um, I guess that's a very general statement, but you, uh, I guess I do a lot of murals, uh, paintings, I tattoo, I know how to sculpt. Um, as an artist, I try to have a lot of different um, skills under my belt. But uh, for the most part, I guess, considering I use a lot of my advertising and marketing on the streets, doing wheat paste and, uh, and murals, I'd be considered a street artist. So that's what I do. I am a photographer. Um, I also do, I also have a full-time job in combination with that. Um, but my photography is largely um, cityscapes in Chicago, dramatic cityscapes. Um, and I also do a lot of work for clients, things like that. Um, I've been doing that for about the past six years now. Hey, this is Afrokilla. Um, I am also an artist, just like Nico over here. Uh, labeling yourself as an artist, having many different traits. Uh, I do graph design, uh, murals, uh, commission pieces, uh, like local uh, community collaborations all around the city, uh, things like that. Uh, so yeah, just in general art, but a lot of painting nowadays. Hi. Hi. Um, I think we're all artists. A little bit closer to the podcast mic, too. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a lot. No, it's OK. Um, I think we all are considered artists in our own different ways. Um, I'm a wardrobe stylist, personal shopper, image consultant. I host and curate events. I do a little bit of creative direction, and I also do um, costumes. I don't know. It's like my bread and butter is advertising and lookbooks, and then I get to connect a lot of amazing people for other projects, too. So a little bit of everything. Well, and so, yeah, like I said, really incredible, talented panel here tonight, and I'm very excited about it. So since we're discussing the intersection of, you know, brands and branding and art and artists and how artists, you know, specifically work with brands, let's start very generally. Like, how do each of you view that relationship, you know, being artists, how do you view the, the brand-artist relationship? I guess for me, when a brand uh, contacts me, it's about giving their vision a voice, if it's for a lookbook or a campaign, um, it's to showcase their product in a way that is true to their brand, but also in a creative way that has a uh, has a reach to a lot of the consumers that they're trying to target. 
Um, yeah, and I, uh, <laughs> I, I agree with uh, Liz here. Um, um, a lot of that uh, has to do with uh, showing as much as yourself as possible. Uh, a lot of that involves uh, kind of just um, putting your character just out into, uh, you know, everything that you believe in. And uh, I think that's what really brings it home as an artist. Yeah, definitely when, when the brands reach out to you specifically because it's your style too, you know, you get to help work with a company that, you know, wants you for, for your artwork and, you know, like you said, kind of give them a voice in, in that space too, so, yeah. I think they pretty much summed up everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's get a little more specific. What are some ways that each of you have worked with brands in your, you know, professional career? It comes from... Yeah, sorry. I said it, it, it comes from, you know, far and wide, you know, if it's a specific collaboration or, you know, in, in my case, largely has been reaching out to, to brands that I want to work with um, and figuring out ways to collaborate with them. So it's often spontaneous and it's often um, by force, too, if it's somebody, you know, you really want to work with and, and you, you'll stop at nothing to do it. But... Um, you know, it's kind of just putting yourself out there as much as you can so that, you know, these brands see where the talent is and, and you know, if you can be a good fit or not. For me, I guess it depends on what we're doing, but if it's a commercial advertising campaign, it's I truly think about who we're trying to target and what their demographics are, and that plays up to everything I, I imagine um, the clientele that they're looking for, and I, like, put a family together in my head. I'm like, and they're going to wear this, and they're going to do that, and they're doing this in the, on their weekends. And I just try to make sure they're targeting the right people. Uh, yeah, and going off of that, uh, going into family, uh, a lot of my work, I guess, is community-based. So I try to get like the community as involved as much as possible. If that's uh, you know executing a mural, uh, you know, publicly getting as many people involved, not just me doing it, uh, you know, just trying to make it, like, everyone involved, uh, you know, and uh, it just makes it a lot more uh, tangible in a way. So, you know, we're going to talk about the flip side of this in a minute, but let's talk about some examples that might have worked for you guys. And you don't necessarily have to name names, but, like, what were some brand art projects where each of you were involved and you are like, this worked, and, and why did it work? I think certain brands that reach out to you understand um, how you're involved with certain people in the culture and how they are as well, so they kind of know that, you know, hey, this person likes this thing, we like this thing, let's collaborate and let's see what kind of art that we can make together, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, I don't know, you, Usually they have kind of a common interest, and if they don't, and it's like something more of a corporate thing where they're trying to, um, how you say, like corporate is trying to get art culture inside of their company because everybody knows they're corporate, then it's, it's kind of leeway for you to like, you can express yourself however you want. I like, I think, uh, I'm thinking about a specific time when I did uh, Kmart's broadcast holiday campaign and we had to make a rock band out of everyone, and everyone had to wear all white, and they kind of just like let me do what I wanted to do as what I envisioned a rock band of full of kids in a parents' like garage was. But then like 
everything I had to do was white. So I had to buy white clothes. I have to make white clothes, paint things, change everything up because that's their vision. But I was able to style them in how I imagined kids to be in a rock band in their parents' garage. Are. <laughs> Very specific, but you know what I mean. Still a little creativity there. <laughs> um, with me, uh, going back to the whole community thing, uh, so I am a, a brand ambassador for Lululemon. So that's uh, kind of a big uh, client I'm kind of working with for the next two years. And uh, Thanks. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's kind of crazy because uh, a lot of the brand ambassadors are all yogis and like personal trainers or someone from like the Chicago Fire on it, you know, but I'm the only visual artist. So I have like a lot of power to kind of bring that visual awareness like into the city. And uh, one big thing that they've been doing is a charity for iGrow Chicago. Uh, it's in Inglewood. And uh, I think it was founded in like, like 2014 uh, by Robin Carroll. And uh, where it's worked is that uh, like I did uh, kind of like a paint by numbers thing where uh, we uh, got everyone together and people donated to the charity uh, in order to paint. And that was like a huge thing. I've never seen anything like that. And uh, we raised a lot for this event. So that's like a huge thing recently that's happened and hopefully can blossom in the next two years working with them, so. You know, and, uh, and not to cut off Michael, I just, no, I wanna cool. follow up really quickly just on something you said, uh, Keith, about, you know, you said that you're working with Lululemon and you're the only visual artist. Like, just, just briefly, and then I want to dip back to Michael's answer. For anyone, like, how is it a benefit or is it a drawback to be a different kind of artist within a certain project? Like, for me, I'm a podcaster, and sometimes that works to my advantage because there's not many of us. And then other times, people are like, why would we hire a podcaster? So, are there times where it's advantageous to be like different from the other normal type of creatives that a company might be looking for? Um, it's it's kind of cool because uh, I feel like we learn from each other that way. Uh, you know, since like I don't, there's not another artist. It's not like we're trying to get like a, you know, the same vision lined up. It's like since we're also kind of different in a way. Well, me with everyone else, um, it's like they're teaching me about how they advertise to like the yoga community or personal trainers with gyms, stuff like that. So being an artist and working with them on the same team, it's like. It's kind of like a cool fit, uh, just kind of learning more uh, from each other uh, overall, I guess, yeah. if, that, if that answers it. Yeah. And yeah, then, Michael, please give us your answer before I rudely interrupted no, you. It's cool, it's cool. Um, it, one of the collaborations that I did um, was about uh, a couple years ago with a, a brand that I really wanted to work with, and when I mentioned earlier about you know doing things by force, was uh, a camera company called Phase One that I reached out to uh, several times and finally got an answer back where um, they lended me some of their uh, equipment to sort of do a personal project of mine. And in return to them, what they got out of it was, you know, a blog post and some content. But for me, I got to just kind of do my own thing for a project that I envisioned and got to use their equipment to, to uh, see it through. Um, and you know, it's, it, it, it was something that I really wanted and, and sought out um, just by cold calling emails and, and stuff like that. So that's a, it was a cool partnership for them. And we're going to get back to, because um, that's another important component of this, Michael, we're going to get back to like how to do the outreach in, oh, a, yeah. in a few minutes. But, and again, let's also not name names on this part. What are some examples of like 
projects or partnerships where like it didn't work like the corporate culture or whatever component it was did not vibe with your artistic sensibilities i think it just happens when um you kind of have uh sometimes you have uh thoughts that are more abstract or out of the box and you're trying to push that limit of what art is and sometimes it just people don't understand that so that could be sometimes where uh the art doesn't really reach the clientele. As well as obviously, you know, you, you kind of have to take in consideration sometimes what your client is, uh, who, who they're reaching out to. And as an artist, sometimes you kind of lose sight of that. Or you don't really understand their client. And like you think you do, but you really don't. So like what you make doesn't really reach that. So they're like, hey, uh, you know, Maybe we should do something else. And you always have to be open to, to trying something new or, or making something new and, and it might be better than what you previously made. So I guess that's my thought on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, um, I, I don't really have too many really negative experiences other than you know needy clients or tons of revisions for something or whatever it might be. But in, in my experience, it's always been just like, there are projects that you can really connect with a client on, and it's somebody that you really want to work with, and then there are just other projects that are just work, like corporate headshots or something like that, that you can still put your creative mindset into, but um, it's it's maybe not something you're super passionate about. So I think that, for me, it's like there, there are no real negative experiences. It's just sometimes you get to do really cool projects, and, and sometimes you know you just do whatever. <laughs> so I'm I feel sad. like, well, sorry guys. I feel like a lot of the times, if they're if the clients are unhappy, it's a it has to deal with miscommunication and a broken telephone cord, to a point that you the client could be telling the production company one thing, and then but really they're not reading in between the lines because they don't even know what they really want, and they're playing a guessing game, and then. For me, I'm told the broken end of it, and I'm playing a guessing game in between the production company to the client. And bottom line, if I'm getting all the broken pieces when I show up there, it's not what the client wants because it's not what they wanted in the first place, and it wasn't what was communicated back and forth. So I, I don't know. I feel like I've learned my lesson to always try to talk to the client like as much as I can per project to make sure we have a perfect understanding of everything that they want to make sure they come out of here happy. Because if they're happy, I'm happy. If they're not happy, well, then I'm not happy. <laughs> they don't want me unhappy. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, mine kind of goes uh, uh, relating to uh, Nico's uh, being a visual artist, uh, especially starting out. Uh, I always wanted to paint like skateboarding skeletons all the time. I'm like, why do why do these people get to paint whatever they want? Like, you know, like, you know, I want to do that. Why can't you know? But you just just gotta like know that sometimes you have to kind of adjust, some, you know, like your standards and uh, just try something new, you know. And uh, it's really broken a lot of walls down for me personally, uh, and just like learning more styles and uh, just being more accepting and. Uh, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, trying things like that necessarily isn't a bad thing. Uh, it seems like the end of the world at first, but, but uh, 
it's it's really cool and interesting what can happen if you just like you know like uh, someone's like oh do a, a Pepsi logo they're like okay I'm gonna think a Pepsi logo it has to be red white and blue you can think like you can you know this monochromatic you can do different styles you can make it funny you can take it any other direction so never be afraid of like taking on something you might think is boring that's like you as an artist to like challenge yourself to make it different so you know, going back to the outreach part, you know, uh, Michael, you were saying you're doing a lot of outreach yourself. It's a lot yeah. of cold calls, a lot of cold emails. And, you know, I, I know personally, like, that can be a little bit exciting, but it can also be very exhausting and a little bit, it can wear on you. So, you know, for each of you, how do you create these relationships and, and pursue these projects? Is it mostly people reaching out to you? Is it mostly you identifying brands and saying, like, well, I want to work with Red Bull or Nike. I'm going to try to reach out to them. Yeah, I mean, like I like I said, it can be a mix of both. You know, there there are people like you get the occasional email, and it might be an agency that, like, for me personally, and in, in my personal experience, it'll be like agencies that work with brands like um, Nike or Adidas and things like that. And I get to do um, random photo shoots for for those guys. Um, other times, like uh, what I was doing with Phase One, is like that was something that I sought after directly and, and you know, researched emails and, you know, or if it's an, for another brand, like, who's the producer at this agency that is putting everything together and, you know, who, what's their email address and can I send them a portfolio? Um, so it, it goes both ways. Sometimes they reach out, but other times you have to be way more proactive about it if you're, if you're seeking that partnership or that uh, foot in the door. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... Um you know, with your art, you could be reaching a lot of people. Somebody might come into your door and email you that have all that connections that can manage you. Um, that's one thing. Uh, you can, you know, email these people in corporate and try to get through to them, which is probably like the harder part about it. And then, um, you know, if you see events that have to do with that corporate thing, and this is what I've done most of the time is just networking with people, going to uh, all these events, and you know, if you really want something, you got to go out and get it. So that's that's just kind of how I've always done it. You know, I've never really, uh, never really had uh, a negotiation that wasn't just me. So, well, Nico pretty much like nailed it. Like, pretty much what I would say too. So. Yeah, same with Michael. I mean, like for me, I think I have definitely developed a really good brand as to people know me and know who I am when I like kind of walk into a room um, and I've been working for a long time that just like about the relationships that I have with everyone to a point that if they need another wardrobe stylist I'm you typically the person you recommend because we're on set we're professional and we get the job done right and the clients are always happy and they'll they'll only refer you if you make them happy and you do do the job well. Yeah. So I want to bring up something that is definitely a sensitive and, and very widely and, and hotly debated topic in the kind of like freelancer artist world, which is exposure. And obviously, everyone sitting up on this stage, you guys are all professional, established artists who have a career and a portfolio. But for younger artists, for newer artists, like, are there scenarios in your opinion where you know? If a brand, and I won't say a brand's name, like just, but if, you know, a significant brand that has a certain level of kind of cool factor 
you know, should younger creatives ever consider doing the exposure thing? Are there scenarios where you guys think that it's worth it? Or, you know, is it just a flat no, no matter what? It's always good just to get your name out there. You know, just to keep being on the tip of everyone's tongues to just, if they're not sure what you're doing, at least they're still thinking about it, how they can refer you, how you guys can work together. And just the more out there you are, the higher chances of, meeting the right people to get the right jobs. Exactly. Um, and yeah, exposure isn't bad. Uh, even like right now, we're all doing a podcast panel. I'm sure we'd rather be making clothes or painting, but this is exposure. And uh, It's fun exposure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's <laughs> fun. No, 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 this is a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. It's a positive. Um, and uh, yeah, all of it's exposure, you know, putting yourself out there, doing different things. It shows you're versatile uh, and uh, can adapt to anything. So it's good to just get exposure anywhere. Uh, if you have doubts for any reason, like like with funds or whatever, you know, it's, I don't know, just find alternatives. But, um, you know, things that kind of feel okay, it's, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I totally agree. And it's, it's when it's a, the right opportunity, you'll you'll know. Um, it may be something really cool. It, it, I don't know. I mean, I think, especially when, in, given the scenario of just starting out as a creative, too, I mean, how else are you going to get people to, to see your work or, you know, to put yourself out there? And that's, that's the long game in, 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 in that scenario, too. So it's, it's not something that happens overnight. But so that, that exposure is definitely key, I think, for someone just starting out in that, in that field. I think uh, exposure definitely is great. But, you know, if, you, if you're somebody who wants a, uh, a specific image or you have certain morals that where you don't want to cross the line into to working with certain people, and you can see uh, in the long run from five to ten years, like, hey, this is who I want to work with, but they don't, they don't really like this thing. So I, I would say set your go on to, like, you know, not messing with that so you can get to this, you know, or, like, if you just, like I said, if you have certain morals and you have a certain image to yourself that you feel genuine to, just, uh, just keep you, keep doing you and like uh, more, no matter what, jobs will always be there. So it's like, you know, if there's something that you don't really feel is real to you, there's always more things that are out there. You don't always have to take a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and building on that, you know, I know for a lot of freelancers and entrepreneurs and artists, negotiating a rate can be tricky, it can be intimidating, again, especially kind of earlier on in the career. Um, so how do each of you recommend that artists approach that? Because I think that there's a certain figure that like, well, I don't want to undersell myself and, and say like, yeah, I'll do it for 50 bucks and they were going to pay you 500, right? Mm -hmm. Or you don't want to kind of price yourself too high and then be excluded from a gig. So how do each of you, you know, approach that yourselves or recommend that artists kind of, you know, handle the negotiation part? I think uh, asking, asking your peers, like understanding, you know, hey, my, my homie just did this job, you know? Like, I do that all the time. Like, that's how I've kind of started out with this. Like, you know, definitely, you know your value. Your, your value is way higher than what the court, like, anybody's going to give you. But, like, um, you know, you have to ask your homies and be like, hey, I know you worked on a project, something like this. You know, if you're comfortable with it, can you help me out? Because I, I kind of need to understand, you know? I'm trying to pay my bills. I got to give some child support to my baby mama and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> I, I totally agree with that. I mean, <laughs> I feel like in, in a lot of cases, there may be a stigma around, you know, asking, you know, your peers or your, your friends, like, what should I charge for this? Is this too low? Or what have, what have you charged in the past for something similar? One thing for me that I run into a lot is, uh, like, image licensing. And when I was starting off, I would never do it because... I was just scared of undervaluing myself or, or overvaluing and, and losing the gig. Um, so I found the like Getty image licensing calculator, which was a super, super helpful tool that I, that I kept using where you can calculate what the price of an image would be. So there's specific things that can help you, but I think communicating with your peers and other people in the industry is absolutely key. And you know, stop mm -hmm. doing free work. <laughs> yeah, just kind of knowing your like knowing your value and realizing the scope of the project, because you also that's that's very important. Whenever a, a client contacts me about a project, I want to know what the hell I'm doing <laughs> before I give them a rate, before I, or I figure it out. Um, Get contracts. Yeah, contracts <laughs> are They're amazing. Dope. NDAs for all your assistance, like. Just be on top of it, <laughs> so they, so you're watching yourself. Yeah, being on top of it means budgeting. Uh, mm -hmm. That's something I learned was a harsh reality. Uh, <laughs> at first, it was like things were going this way, that way. I was using like material costs for this and that, but I actually started really budgeting and like hammering down on it, and it helped so much. It was like insane, uh, and it'll just give you more of appreciation for yourself and what you should be getting paid for everything, and. Uh, it would give you a lot of confidence too going into the next project on like you know how you should be they, they can see it in like your demeanor you know they'll know oh yeah we should be paying this guy so or girl sorry <laughs> how dare you <laughs> so on the kind of you know the flip side of that are there opportunities that any of you have been presented with where the pay was actually really good, but you turn it down because you're like, this is not who I am, it doesn't represent my, my work, my brand, my you know, sense of, of what I do? No. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Money talks. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think uh, for my job, it's, you know, it is a little bit of my style, but for every job I take, it's about their brand. So I guess the only time I would ever turn it down is if I don't respect their brand and or what they're doing. That'll be my yeah. my big no. Well, other than that, give me your money, honey. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> got pills to pay. <laughs> I did once. Uh, so like I paint right, and this guy he wanted me to like illustrate like a fitness book, but he didn't have any like models. He didn't have, like, anything, and he, like, literally wanted me to, like, Photoshop, like, people, like, in different races and, like, Photoshop, like, all these, like, like workout equipment next to them. And I, I don't know. It was really weird. And, like, they didn't have, like, a food photographer, and he wanted me to, like, lighten and, like, darken these horrible photos he had of food. I, it was, like, a joke. I thought it was a joke. And uh, <laughs> so that's, that was one where, and the budget was insane. And I was like, you know what? You guys have a lot of money to do something good, but I'm not doing this. I'm not touching it. So, yeah. I'd say I, I personally, I, don't, I haven't come across a situation like that. But, um, you know, I mean, everyone has their, their limit of who they would work with or be associated with. And, you know, money, money aside, it, it comes down to... If you can relate to the brand or not, 
and if you can be and express yourself creatively or not. Um, so I just haven't encountered that yet myself. I've had an instance where I didn't really want to work with somebody who presented me with like, you know, decent money where I could pay my bills for a couple months, but I don't know, this is just a, a person I already knew from friends and uh, experiences that like, you know, this person wasn't somebody I really want to affiliate myself with, with a project. So that's why I didn't do it. So we're gonna do like one or two more questions because I'm, I'm sure that there's some questions in the audience that people would like to ask as well. So again, from the perspective of maybe newer or younger uh, creative talents, like when should they start looking to, you know, connect with brands? Because I think like, I teach at Columbia College, I know some students like, they're sophomores and they're like, yeah, I just wanna start working with Nike and Red Bull today. And I'm like, well, I don't know if you're there <laughs> yet. Um, so like, I don't know, when is a good time to kind of, you know, in your career start considering like, hey, I can start doing some, you know, some corporate brand work? I think any time. I mean, even if you're, like, if, if you get presented and you're, you're out there, like, grinding and being social and networking and doing that, and if they believe in you, then you should definitely take the opportunity to show them, like, you have what it takes to, to be up there. Yeah, I, I think there's, there hasn't been a better time to work with, like, these larger brands that are really trying to make their own initiatives to reach out to people and to work with local artists and local talent. Um, so it's, I think that like right now is a, is a good time to, to kind of be in, in that scene. But I think age-wise doesn't really make a huge difference, you know, having a good portfolio or, or, or not, but just putting yourself out there is kind of a good barometer of, you know, what, what kind of work is out there, you know, if you're a good fit or not. But, um, you know, I, I, I think any time is, is good. I say the younger the better. Just get yourself out there, you know. Um, if you are interested in developing apps in high school, might as well reach out to a company who's just starting off. They need some kind of intern, whether it's running coffee you know, sending out mail, whatever, at least you're getting your foot in the door. Yeah, and a lot of it is, um, you know, if you have a brand that you want to work with and you come up with a really good idea and uh, you, you just know it's going to work, you just reach out, uh, propose it the best you can, and uh, it, it can happen. Uh, there's one instance in college where I always wanted to work for Upright Skate Shop, and uh, I was like... 19 or something, and uh, it was like almost right when I moved to the city, and uh, I had a really cool idea to do like a, an ad campaign with like wheat paste, animal skateboarders, and I was just like, this would be so cool, and I like called them and told them, they're like, we'll just make it, man, and put it around, <laughs> and like show us, I'm like, all right, so I just did it, and it was like the first time I ever wheat paste or anything, and like it was just something I just thought was cool, and just it just happened, so just put yourself out there, if you have a good idea, just try it, you know, so... So final question I have, because this has been really amazing and you guys have really, I think, offered so much insight here tonight. But, you know, I guess above all, when you're, you know, whether you're new or established artist, you know, when you're sitting in that meeting or when you're writing that email to a brand or when you're on site that first day, what are just some general best practices to keep in mind? What are some things you guys wish you knew earlier on in the process? I think uh, a lot has to do with psychology. Um, like understanding, just like, nah, this is, nah, I wouldn't say that. So like, you know, like uh, if you're texting a significant other that you're like trying to like get with and like, 
you don't like I don't know it seems at least for me like the less you you say and, and the longer you take to talk back but like not talking back so playing like, the game too, too, yeah exactly okay so so you don't want to be too eager you know so like uh, a lot of times when I've emailed clients and um you know I don't I don't I don't do it within like the first couple hours um maybe wait a day <laughs> no no and then uh, get back to them. Um, don't email them at all. <laughs> let, them, let them come to you. I, I feel like, no, I feel like, I, yeah. I feel like yeah, uh, sure. you know, psychology of, like, who, who your client is is really important. So, like, um, you know, if somebody that you know that, that your client is, is, like, super real, you know, you're going to talk to them at, at a really a level-headed base. But if you know somebody that you're, you're working with is, like, super, like, big money stern, maybe, like, super big-headed, like, you kind of have to talk to them with a lot of confidence, and you have to, like, you know, maybe be a, be a lot more different than you, you actually are. Um, I've had just, like, different instances where I had to use different forms of psychology just to talk to people, but then the day, I'm not a different person. Um, so I feel like that that's kind of what I've had to go through. And I think, for me, it's a little more personal, more of a personal experience, I guess, like, being on a big client shoot, you know, and then just kind of being, it, 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 for me, it was like one of the first big things that I, that I had personally done and just being so overwhelmed by everything that was happening, not to lose focus of why they hired you and why you're here and, you know, making sure that you were accomplishing what they hired you to do in, in, in a faithful way, that, you know, to just do the gig. And, and, and to your point too, it's, you know, kind of playing that game back and forth with clients and, you know, picking the right time to be eager and to be expressive and, and when to be a little more reserved and professional too is, is also key, but um, yeah. Yeah, I just don't, I think like also being timely is everything too, because you don't want to seem super uninterested yeah. in certain situations because if you're trying to play a game and they're just not about the game, you're out of a job. There's a list of 10 other people that yeah. they're yeah. reaching out to. They are reaching out to you, and they're reaching out to literally, like, three or four to up to 10 people, and you have to pitch them this all the same idea. So the earlier you talk to them, the higher chance of you getting booked for this job. You're not the only one in this world. Unless you're Afro-killer. <laughs> well, I was going to agree with Liz, so okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right on. Well, uh, this was incredible. This, this is what I wanted to ask you guys about. First off, let's give it up for our amazing panelists here tonight. Uh, Allie Six, Michael Salisbury, Afro Killa, and Elizabeth Margulis. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Thank you to Mosaic for hosting us. Um, we're going to turn the podcast part off. We don't record the Q&A. Um, but we're going to open up the Q&A in a moment. Um, but Dynasty Podcast, we do panels all the time. We always keep them free. We've got two we're announcing next month. Please follow us on everything, anything. Um, <laughs> it's literally, we have the same name on everything, at Dynasty Podcast, plural, with an S at the end, at Dynasty Podcast. And we are going to be keep doing, like, free panels with really great people from Chicago. So thank you guys for coming out. And let's open it up for some Q&A. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.